All right. Well, welcome everyone here on this. Uh, what's what's today's date? It is, uh, man, September tenth, uh, two thousand and. Well, that looks good. All right. 2010, uh, 2020, September 10th. A blessing to you. My name is Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. Uh, blessings to you this day. Uh, whenever uh, you are uh, you are hearing this, um, I pray that this will go well with you. Again, this is a series called What Does This Mean? A series that really uh, ask the right questions and the important questions uh, as we go through these interesting times. And I think uh, this is such an important time to, uh, to dig into God's Word and really ask the question, what does this mean? Now today, our, our, our first week of the study, you could find that on the handout on the website, I believe. Uh, if you go to www.faithmorepark.com, uh, you will find that link. Uh, download the handout uh, and follow along with me as I will use that as my guide. If you ever have any questions, uh, whether it's on Facebook Live or uh, on YouTube, please comment. Um, any thoughts, any questions, um, any needs of prayer. Um, if you need to talk or discuss things, uh, you know you can go on the... Uh, uh, the website, and there you'll find my email address. Please email me, and I will respond to you in an expedient manner um, as we go through these times together. Uh, but I, I pray that uh, uh, this will all uh, go well with you. Um, so uh, these these classes uh, will be geared uh, not too long, maybe 30 minutes tops as we go through. But that handout is very important, as it will give you uh, kind of a flow of organization of how we are to go about these uh, sessions. So what does this mean? This week, uh, we speak of peace. Thank you for joining me this morning. First week, always, always a new thing, but I'm glad you're here with me today. And again, Facebook Live, if you have any questions, feel free. If you want to say hello, feel free. If you want to share this message, click on share, send it to your friends, right? This is such an important time together. All right, so what does this mean? Why don't we begin with these words from Psalm 29. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, O Lord, for this day, uh, that you are the Prince of Peace, the one who sends us our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord, we know that we're going through many things this day uh, with all the things that are happening in our world, even with the fires that are happening al along the coast. Lord, bless us in your safety and lead us in your peace. Lord, grant us uh, your wisdom and faith as we uh, dig in your scriptures, as we find uh, great peace in what you give. Lord, for all these things we are thankful. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So, um, so what is peace? What is peace? What is peace? What is that? I think, uh, you know, a lot of people will have different uh, definitions uh, for what that is. Uh, people will say that uh, it might be a feeling of tranquility, right? Uh, peace is uh, a feeling of fulfillment or completion, 
uh, and in a matter of war, that peace is no war or no fighting or that there is, uh, that there is rest, that there is um, um, no, uh, no upheaval of any kind. Um, but I think when we talk about peace, it's very important to understand what true peace is all about. Because I think a lot of times when we speak of peace, there, as I told you right now, there are many definitions uh, to what we think or what we perceive peace to be. Now, I think uh, on, a, on another note, we must ask ourselves, uh, what if we are searching for peace, what are we assuming there? If we are searching for peace, what are we assuming? Well, we're assuming that there is something awry, something of great conflict, some great struggle, right? We're, we're, we're assuming that when we're searching for peace, we know that there is a problem, whether it is, as I said earlier, fighting or unrest, uh, dysfunction, right? And in the midst of that struggle, as we see it, uh, we know that there are many uh, different conflicts that manifest itself from those uh, modes of dysfunction. Uh, it could be your internal struggle of, of worry, of internal and even external fulfillment, that you're battling, let's say, uh, emptiness in your life, um, that you're battling uh, just, uh, yeah, the, the anxieties and the worries and the internal pressure cooker, as we call it, uh, constantly, especially in these days uh, with the pandemic and all that we're facing. Um, and, and I think this is, I think for all of us, uh, this is what is happening in our lives, right? I think for all of us in, in so many different ways, uh, we are facing these conflicts. Now, how do we see these conflicts? And a lot of times, I think for us, if we have this emptiness, what do we do? We try to fill it up. Right? If we have this pressure, we try to subside or, or release that pressure. Right? If we have hopelessness, well, we try to find hope somewhere. Um, if we have that um, anxiety, well, we, we try to figure it out uh, by coping in so many different ways. And at the end of the day, I think for all of us, even as Christians, we, we will always have these tensions in our life. Right? They are there in our, in, our, uh, in our fallen human flesh, and we'll talk about what that fallen human flesh is but that they're always there. But the question is, number one, we must ask ourselves, what is the true conflict? Is it because I have that dysfunction with a relationship in my life? Or is it because I'm just somehow empty in my life? Is it because I just have that perpetual, eternal, uh, eternal and internal pressure in my life, that pressure cooker? Like, why do I have these conflicts? And what resolve or what answer am I trying to find? Now, I think that's the key, right, uh, to how we face our conflict is that we are searching for peace, but first we need to ask, why are these things happening, right? Why is there uh, that worry, even that guilt, even that shame, right? Even the crisis of conscience, right? Uh, even that emptiness, as we talked about it. Why do we have these things? Like, have you ever thought about that? Why do these exist? Why do these conflicts arise? And when we understand that, then we know how to, well, we know where uh, that blessing or that answer comes from. 
But if we still continue to stay on the surface trying to band-aid everything by our human ways, uh, we continue to kind of band-aid the symptom rather than diagnosing and curing the core problem, right? the core conflict in our lives. And this is where I think for all of us, we need to always constantly examine and diagnose and discern what is really going on. Because at the end of the day, I think for all of us, we're searching for peace, aren't we? Right? But it's how we search for peace is where we find, I think, uh, as we talk about, the, 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 the complete fulfillment rather than the perpetual cycling of trying to find it, trying to find it, trying to find it, trying to find it. And there, uh, I think we, we, we get burned out. We give up. And there we're left in great despair and hopelessness, right? So, have you ever asked, why do I have all these conflicts in my life? Where do they come from? Where do they originate? Right? Are, are they just happening out of uh, coincidence or, or, or happenstance? Like, why do these things happen? And I think constantly, uh, whether you're a Christian or not, uh, you're always trying to, uh, what is it? You're always trying to uh, diagnose and examine because there you're searching for that peace. You're searching for that cure. Now, I think in my life, I realized that uh, I could search all my life and, and try to find the peace in this world. But what, I've, what I would be missing is the diagnosis of my true conflict. Like, what is the root of all these things that manifest themselves? Uh, what is the root of that? And the answer is uh, this thing called sin, right? Um, sin. Uh, sin is uh, every thought, desire, word, and deed that is contrary to God's law. Right? We know God's law uh, you know, there was a movie about the Ten Commandments, I believe, with Charlton Heston. Um, I believe it was Charlton Heston. Uh, you, we, we have these laws that God has given to us. At the end of the day, I think the misconception of the law is what? So everyone thinks that, you know, all world religion is the same. You're, you're, you're following a certain precepts, certain rules and regulations in order to get there, in order to be good so you can measure up and appease uh, your God, right? Now, for us, as Christian. Uh, we very well know that the law, at the end of the day, doesn't show us how to save ourselves. Or it doesn't show us how to be in the right, uh, right place with God. But rather, the law shows us who we are. It diagnoses, as I said earlier, the serious conflict in our lives, the core problem in our lives. It, it's like that doctor who comes in uh, with a scalpel and he's ready to take out uh, 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 that... Uh, that, that tumor in the body and, and trying to heal this man. It's the same way. The law is like that scalpel that's just going in, diagnosing and showing us the, the, the core problem that is ailing everyone, right? Remember, sin is not something that is like, we're not born with a clean slate. Sin is not something like a scab where we're just like constantly trying to heal it ourselves. But it says in Romans 5, according to the Bible, Romans 5.12, sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men, because all sinned. Right? So when we talk about sin, sin is not something that, uh, you know, we, we see babies. You know, my kids aren't that young anymore, but, well, they're not old either. But, uh, you know, we see babies, we see them, how cute they are, but yet 
when we, when we understand the reality of what sin is, we know that they were too, just like we were born into sin. Sin came, Romans 5.12, into the world through one man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. Because of sin, there is also death, right? And um, I, I think when we talk about this one man, uh, we very well know that sin is from uh, the, the, the first book of the Bible called Genesis 3, uh, where there Adam and Eve uh, failed to listen to God. They, they broke his commandments, they broke his rule, and, and there they fell into sin. And because they sinned, we too inherited this sinful nature, right? Because of their fall, we call it original sin, what it has done to human nature is that, A, it has brought guilt and condemnation to all people. Romans 5, 19. By the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. Ephesians 2, 3. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. I know I have this whiteboard here. I haven't even touched it yet. I totally forgot, right? But yes, uh, when we speak of sin, you guys, you know, uh, when we look at sin, we see the, the core problem, and that core problem is in Genesis, where our first parents, Adam and Eve, they fell to sin. And because they fell to sin, not only did sin come into the world, but death came into the world. And because of their sin, what happens? We are the inheritors. We inherit this very nature in our lives. And therefore, when we see the, the conflict in our lives, it's not just because it's just there, but rather it's because of the Genesis 3 uh, problem of the fall, of sin. Again, it's so important to diagnose what is really happening because if we're just metaphorically band-aiding everything, it's just a constant band-aid in life, not understanding what is truly ailing us. You know, I always uh, bring up the example of, of, uh, of not liking, not wanting to go to the doctor. I know my brother, my older brother's a doctor and he probably gets offended by that. But, you know, we don't like going to the doctor because why? We don't want to hear, we don't want to hear the, the bad news. We don't want to hear what's really sickening us. We don't want to have any inclination that something's wrong with our body. And, and I think with the word of God, that it, it does something even greater. It shows us our sin and how that sin, well, manifests itself through dysfunction. We talked about it earlier, right? We talked about dysfunction, emptiness, strife, affliction. Right, all these things, right? Fighting, I mean, with your, your family members, fight, fighting with your friends, fighting with your enemies. I mean, this is all not just because we don't get along, right? It's not just because we somehow just are missing something in life and we just have to fill it with something, but rather it is rooted in this sin condition. Born into sin, we are. So the question is, how, uh, how do we deal with our guilt? Right? How do we deal uh, with, with our hostility? And hopefully this is showing up. And sorry about my writing, it's so messy. But how do we deal with this? 
can I and can can I figure this out myself? Can I just human will it and say I'm just not going to have dysfunction? I'm just going to be better. I'm just going to be better. I'm just going to be better. And um, and I'm going to I'm going to rid myself of all of these things by my own human efforts. Right? When we speak of sin, this is where we find ourselves uh, really struggling in a sense where uh, we fail. Uh, to trust in God above all things, right? That sin, as we look at our handout here, all these conflicts, right, right here, through sin, this is because of that separation from God, all right? So when, we, uh, when our first parents fell short into sin, we very well know this has come to pass, but ultimately it's because we are separated from God. And that separation, that chasm, right? We cannot, we cannot bridge the gap ourselves because we are sinners, me and you. I know that might offend someone, but I'm a sinner and you're a sinner. We're all born into sin. Now, when we're born into sin, we are, we are born dead in our sin. We, we cannot make ourselves alive. Right? And, and we try to do this thing by, 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 you know, uh, by trying to resuscitate ourselves, let's say, uh, by our moralism or by our legalism or, or you know, just trying to do, be better and, and trying to be more moralistic in life. You know, just trying to have those good attitudes in life and positive attitudes. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is what is unresolved. Even for Christians, we still face this in our sin. Right? I mean, affliction is there internally. Right? That internal pressure, the stress, the anxiety, the worries. The outside, the dysfunction with relationships, emptiness, strife. We see a world that is, that is just groaning right now with all the unrest and strife and, and fighting. Right? And, and this is uh, where we see it, uh, all rooted in sin. We're there in the garden, Adam and Eve, again, Sin and death came into the world as the devil, I don't want to talk about the devil too much yet, but there the devil tempted Adam and Eve. And he said, uh, you, you, you can eat from this tree, the devil said. And, and God said, no, you, actually, if you do eat from that tree, the Lord said, uh, you will die. And there the devil came and said, well, no, you won't die, but you'll have everything. You'll be like God. And Adam and Eve, oh, man, they saw that. And we love that too, don't we? We love to be God uh, and they too uh, took it hook, line, and sinker. And there we see how sin came into the world in Genesis 3. Now, if you ever have any questions about Genesis 3, let me know and we can go over that. Uh, but, um, but here we see it, right? Sin. Understanding the condition that has befallen us ever since the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, devil, tempting Tempting means turning away from God. That the devil turned them away of God by his lies, by his temptations. And there they fell into sin. And therefore, this is the manifestation of all of it. So in other words, when we talk about our soul, when we talk about our welfare, you know, you go to a doctor and you say, Doc, give me the news, right? When we see the word of God, it is that diagnosis that by the word, by the law, we very well know at the end of the day that it, it does diagnose. It does show us what we're really dealing with, right? The separation from God, sin, 
All right. So, uh, John 14, 27, it's in your handout here. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is the words of Christ, right? That he gives you peace. Now, what is this peace? It is, a, is it a feeling? Is it, is it just like uh, when we... Uh, uh, try to figure out, oh, well, I, I have a, you know, my mind is calm, my mind is at peace. Is this what Jesus is talking about here? No, you know, when we talk about John 14, Jesus, he is preparing to be the deliverer of peace because Jesus is the embodiment of peace. He himself, right? He says, peace I live with you, this possessive, my peace I give to you. Now, what is this peace of Christ? Peace of Christ begins with understanding the conflict that is at hand. What is the true conflict? The separation from God. What is the answer to uh, the conflict? Is, uh, I don't know if you can see the bottom of this board, uh, but I guess we'll erase it here. reconciliation. Now, how do we reconcile to God? That is where we find our peace. How do we reconcile ourselves to God? Can I do it? Can you do it? Can we do it? Right? If we just do good enough, can we get there? Can we reconcile ourselves to God? The fact is, because of sin, we cannot. Like, not me, not you, not anyone, right? None of us. We cannot do it ourselves because that is how depraved we are in our sin. I know that's a bad news, <laughs> doom and gloom reality, but that's the truth. Like, we cannot do this ourselves. Finding peace, right here, John 14, this is where our true peace is. And I say that because, well, we live in this world full of evil, full of unrest, full of fighting, full of worry, full of stress, full of everything. Right? It's just a potpourri of, of all these things. We, we tell ourselves, we can't, why can't we just have peace? Humans just need to modify their behavior and just figure it out. The fact is, that problem of evil continues to rear its ugly head um, to this day. And the question is, what is the answer to evil? And that is the peace of Christ. John 14, peace I leave with you. My peace, Jesus says, I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, Jesus, why does he say this in the Bible? Because he is preparing himself to be the peace for the disciples who will, in very short time, will realize that their Lord, Jesus Christ, would do what? Would go to the cross to save them from sin and separation. To reconcile them by his very work upon the cross. Now this is where we find our true peace. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. I think a lot of times we're struggling in this world with all the, we're stretched right? Thin and stretched with stress and, and just so uh, uh, compounded by this pressure cooker where that impending doom just continues. These walls just continue to kind of cave in. But when we talk about where our peace comes from and what that peace is, 
we know that it's reconciliation with God. And that is where our peace is. And that reconciliation, that peace, is Jesus. Because I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't, right? I can't do it. You can't do it. We can't do it because of our sin. But God loves you so much. God loves all of us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, Jesus Christ, to give the true peace. How? By reconciling us, by bringing us back to God by his work upon the cross. Jesus came into this world to give us his peace, not by a motivational speaking technique, right? But simply by going to the cross for us, taking our sin, right? Shedding his blood on that very cross and forgiving us of all of our sin. Reconciling us to the Father all by what he has done as he shed his blood, as his blood uh, cleanses and washes away every sin, every guilt, gives us the completion and the perfection as Jesus says upon the cross, it is finished. My work is done. Reconciling you. My phone was ringing. See, this is live. Anyways, but this is, oh, oops. This is how I'm falling down. All right, one second here, that was close. All right, we're back. We're still there, working fine, I believe. Bear with me. No earthquake here in Moore Park. But anyways, uh, all right, are we good? Are we good? I think I think we're good. I think we're good. All right, all right. So, uh, so as we uh, see it here, uh, what were we? Oh, what were we saying? Sorry about that. Uh, my thing, my uh, light fell. Oh, the blessings of technology. They are a blessing. All right. So uh, when, we, when we speak of uh, Jesus' peace, I should have put that on silent. I'm sorry. I'm not good with phones. But uh, uh, we see that he reconciles us to God by his blood on the cross. See, that's a great conflict. And this is the conflict that we cannot answer ourselves. Right? The core conflict is our sin, is that separation from God. That's why it's always Jesus. It's always Jesus. Nothing of ourselves, all of the Christ and what he has come to do. What does Jesus mean? Matthew 121, Jesus, you will name him Jesus for he will save people from their sin. Right? This is Jesus's work. And when he saves us from our sin on that very cross, he reconciles us to the Father once separated, now reconciled, all by his work upon the cross, your sins washed away. And though uh, we still face all those struggles, we still do, even to this day. You know, I can't guarantee you that life is not filled with struggle because we still, we still deal, right? But where do we reside? In the promise of Jesus' words in John 14. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. See, this Jesus peace is different. This is unique because his peace is the cross. His peace delivers you and reconciles you to the Father as he washes away your sin and forgives your sin and gives you eternal life. Remember, when Adam and Eve sinned, sin and death came into the world. When Jesus came into the world, he took upon
for you so that you may have eternal life and forgiveness. Free gift, right? But pastor, don't I have to do something to get this? No, because you can't. If you understand what the true conflict is, it's only Christ. Do you see that? If we think sin is like a 50% thing and, and we're like 50-50, we can transaction this and, and, and you know, do something for God and, and he'll give us something back. No, no, we're, we're, we're dead in sin. We need to be made alive. Dead people can't make themselves alive, right? Spiritually dead people cannot make themselves alive. And there Christ comes and saves us from our sin. And because of it, we have peace. Now, um, our closing verse is this right here. Um, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, John 20, verse 19. Uh, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Again, this is John 20. This is after Jesus died. And what did Jesus promise three days later? He would rise from the dead. The rising from the dead is our proof in the pudding that his word is true, right? That Jesus rose, and how radical is that work of Christ, right? But because he is God, because he's the perfect sacrifice, he rose on the third day, he appeared to the disciples and said, peace be with you. See that? Before he goes to the cross, he says, peace be with you. After the empty tomb and the resurrection, what does he say? Peace be with you. Because it's Jesus. It's all about Jesus and what he has done for each and every one of us. And as I said earlier, uh, even for us Christians, you know, uh, though we face that struggle every single day, we persevere in the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, which guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, right? Yeah, I can't promise you this, you guys, whoever's listening. I, I can't promise you a, a prosperity-filled life where there's nothing that ails you, right? We still suffer. We still face the human elements. We still even face our sin. But what I can tell you is that you have the answer for that, and that is your rest in Jesus Christ. Your feeling, uh, your, your completion, your perfection, your tranquility, your fullness, that fulfillment— is in the peace of Christ, his work, the cross and the empty tomb for our sin, for our guilt, for our hostility, for our, 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 our condemnation that we so truly deserve for our sin. Jesus took it upon himself, us dead spiritual people, and he made us alive by dying for us and rising for us. This is peace, and I hope that you uh, see this as we continue to live in these interesting times because, indeed, I think as we look at this world today and our individual lives, there's a lot going on. I don't know what's going on with anyone internally, personally, but I know you know what I'm talking about. Every one of us, there is that tension, but where do we go? Whom can we trust? Where do these blessings flow? The conflict, the resolution, 
and that is Christ. See, it's it's all Him, right? Not what we do, because Christ doesn't He doesn't band-aid the situation. He He answers, right? He's not just putting on band-aids. He's He's curing you of your sin and death. He's forgiving you and giving you life in His name, right? And because of that, we know that we have the concrete reality of peace, the objective peace, knowing that, yes, Lord, a lot of stuff is happening in my life right now. But one thing I know is that I have your peace. How do I know I have peace? By what you have done, Lord, in your death and resurrection, in your cross and empty tomb. You have given me your peace, right? Reconciliation to God. How do you know you're a child of God? How do you know you're with God? Not by what you've done, not by what I've done, but only Christ. And there we find our peace. There we find and reside that God is with us, that he leads us through his blood, through his forgiveness. And as we look forward to a life that is everlasting. So that's peace, right? I think all our lives were we're searching inward, but at the end of the day, it's from outside of ourselves, and it's Jesus Christ. All right, why don't we close uh, with a word of prayer. Our dearly Father, O Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your continued mercy. Bless us, O Lord, in your redemption that you bought us with a price, that you, you paid the price by sending your Son who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, through Jesus' work, through the reconciliation, Lord, we, we very well know that we have peace. Grant us your peace, O Lord. Lead us in your peace. And though uh, we face many struggles in this life, Lord, um, continue to lead us um, in, in your word, the word that points us to peace. Bless us this day, lead us this week, and Lord, grant us your faith. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, well, anyways, uh, yes, thank you, uh, Carrie, for uh, typing that out for me. Anyways, thank you for joining me this day, and uh, whenever you are joining me later in the day, uh, thank you for joining me then as well. If you have any questions or comments, or if you ever need to talk, I'm here for you. But until next time, this is Pastor Jung. Uh, we'll, we'll see you. We'll see you next Thursday. Uh, next Thursday will be what does this mean? What is hope? And we'll go from there. All right. What is hope? We'll find out. All right. Have a good day. God's blessings to you. Adios. And we'll see you next time.